0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry, and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure.
1: And that piece about giving people chances, irrespective of background, is, is really important.
0: Today, I'm talking to Becky Pleasant, who is head of nuclear skills at the Nuclear Skills Strategy Group, the NSSG. She lives on the wonderful island of Anglesey in North Wales. Um, Her countryside walks and runs offset her love of cooking. And Becky also runs a small holding aiming for self-sufficiency in meat and vegetables. She's also vice chair of governors at Hangefli Secondary School in Anglesey. Becky, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining me.
1: And you, no worries.
0: So I'm going to have to start with this small holding. This sounds absolutely amazing. It just sounds just like the good life. I mean is it,
1: it it is exactly like the good life I'm definitely not Margo though I'll put it out there um yeah I I, I think it just is kind of combines that love of being outside with my love of food and cooking and that kind of thing and yeah it just keeps you more grounded I think there's something about having to toil at making a carrot that makes you appreciate it so much more um and yeah just you know, I've got four children. So bringing those up in that kind of environment where they understand where food comes from, I think is really important. And then, you know, we've had all sorts of interesting conversations along the way about the food that we eat and don't eat. And uh, I think one of them was about my uh, two year old at the time, we would just got a new um, puppy, a new Labrador. And, uh, and she, I, I said, to, you know, she, she came up to me one day and said what, what meat do we get out of a Labrador? Can you try to work out what, what we were going to eat her for. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to eat the puppy. <laughs> but, you know, just those kind of conversations, which has led some of them into vegetarianism and others into avid carnivores. But at least they make that decision knowledgeably and, and uh, with information.
0: So let's take you away from all that for a minute uh, and take you back to the Hertfordshire-Essex border where you grew up. And you were at school at Bishop storford uh, which is a, a lovely market town, just northeast of London, isn't it? Uh, so how, how would you sort of describe your school days, do you think?
1: Yeah, I was really, really happy in school. Uh, you know, it's interesting as a parent, you kind of combine, co- compare how your schooling was with theirs, um, uh, you know, and, and for me, it was really, really, I, I just have really positive memories of it. You know, I was a good student i liked i kind of took took on board most activities so i did a lot of sport with school i was involved in most of the clubs um yeah just kind of I think I enjoyed being in a school where it was all right to be clever it wasn't you know something you had to hide um so you know you could just get on with it it was the girls school um so we didn't have any of that complexity of uh, of, uh, of boys being around until I think they joined in the sixth form and uh, I think we were all ready for it by then but um it was uh, yeah very fun very old-fashioned school and actually you know in hindsight i think one of my passions these days is all about diversity and um you know probably wasn't that diverse a school uh, so i've probably had quite a limited uh, exposure to backgrounds and um and people up until i, I kind of left school but um it was it was a happy time certainly
0: so as you were sort of coming up to a levels and things what were you thinking about you were going to do after a levels
1: i was really um i didn't have that that a luxury of being p- good at better at one thing than another and um, so my a-levels I, I did chemistry biology and English just because I w- was really interested in the arts and the sciences Um, so that didn't help me go down a particular kind of career direction I was thinking of of teaching at one stage I think um I was very interested in psychology and I I can't remember where that came from actually I just remember like you know I think the English literature that kind of deep analysis of of kind of of plays and and, and literature and that kind of stuff appealed to me. So I thought psychology is a natural extension uh, to some of that. Um, So I was was heading, I I chose a psychology uh, degree. I was applying through university courses at the time to go into a a psychology degree and then got cold feet, kind of met met a guy, uh, didn't want to go away and, and leave home at that stage. So decided not to take the place and to instead um join an, an a-level entrant program at, um, at a bank at that stage instead
0: yeah yeah it's really interesting that because we will come back to that university uh, and psychology a little bit later in your story won't we so um so you did join barclays um accelerated training program you were doing foundation in law economics finance and and that sort of thing did you enjoy the work you
1: were doing no there? it was- i i think that that was <laughs> sorry to anyone out there that, that works for bark is at the time i i was really bored i think very quickly realized that that wasn't um the path for me um i mean that i met some great people and actually what they did do was send us on an outward bound um course as part of the kind of uh development program and i think it was there in a tent at the bottom of ne- Ben Nevis that I realized that, that banking wasn't for me and, and actually came back and I think handed my notice in within about a week of, of leaving that Outward Bound course so uh, uh, but yeah it was a it, you know it's a good foundation it gave me you know you know when you leave school and suddenly you're earning and you've got money and you can spend it on the things that you've never had money to spend on before it was great but I realized it wasn't you know a it, career for life.
0: It just wasn't you so so you then you then joined Lloyd's Register of Shipping in London, as a, a training administrator before joining Unilever in graduate recruitment, so that sort of pathway into the sort of training and the people side of business that's where it all started. Is actually, that where it all started? Yeah. And, and yeah. actually,
1: you know, if, if there is a common thread through my career, it has been that kind of learning and development and yeah, help, help helping people either through education or, or, or training. Um, and and I think as well and you know probably the most important thing for me um, in in my my roles has been who I'm working for rather than what I'm doing you know and and I think that first job in Lloyd Register uh, sort of first boss that you know I had you know real respect for kind of admiration for and, and actually that followed into my next job into into Unilever and there are pockets of my my career throughout where you just it it doesn't matter what you're doing or you know how bad the day is you know the person you're working for is just that inspiration for you and you kind of work bend over backwards to kind of uh, you know to do the right thing for them and and I think that's where I first found that and and realized that that was probably more important than which company you work for or what job you're doing it's 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 who you're going to be working with that that probably is more important.
0: It's really interesting that isn't it what do you think it was about that first job because it sounded as if it they really commanded your respect very early.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, probably it was in in, in Barclays, it had been very much a kind of more um, authoritarian kind of leadership mm. style. It was old fashioned, you know, you just do what you're told, you don't question. Whereas the, the guy I was working for in Lloyd's Register, um, uh, you know, was just completely different. It was very much about, bringing the best out in you and and personalizing you know the the approach to leadership you know you know and and making sure that they they understood you before they start started managing you and i think that you know that that for me is something i've taken through into my own leadership management hopefully that actually you you know you're going to get so much more out of people if you change your approach to to suit the people that you're working with rather than just having a style that you you deliver
0: it's really interesting because uh, this development program we're, we've been running at NNL and through the Nuclear Institute, we have a whole session that's called what about others. And we use this very simple two by two matrix of personality types, you know, the extrovert, the introvert, um, the task focused and the relationship focused, you know, the four, the four boxes, because it's such a simple model, but the insight you can get from it on how to work with other people or Uh, Give leadership or feedback, or you know, um, it's enormously powerful.
1: It really is, and and I think for for all of the kind of good leaders in my career, it's been you know they've been very authentic. They've not kind of been adopting a role. They've just used their own strengths in their leadership piece and allowed them to be themselves, and then and then adopt that to the people they're dealing with but but not trying to play at being a leader they just are naturally you know using their own strengths in in doing so so yeah I, you know certainly worked for me and um yeah probably the, the the Unilever my boss in Unilever was just a great very creative guy um uh, just yeah just i mean in fact i looked him up recently and i think he's gone off i think he was working in in in, in vietnam last time i i checked but um yeah just inspirational and, and very personable and you know and not formal quite quite info, that that suits me as my mode of operandi is uh is yeah just just the informality wherever possible um yeah and it just goes to show that if you kind of give a bit to an employee you know you'll, you'll get so much more back um you, you know that if you try and restrict and and and, uh pigeonhole people
0: yes yes and constrain them um and then during this time at at unilever this is where the university and the psychology comes back because you were doing an open university degree in in psychology um how, how did that come about and how did you cope with this balance of studying and working at the same time
1: yeah i think i always knew I would do a degree because I made that decision for being an able student at at a a school where pretty much everyone went to university I I think I I, you know I I committed to myself at the point when I didn't take up a university course that 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 wouldn't be the end of my education Um, and yeah I I, I was still interested in psychology uh, and I guess it was like an early days sort of degree apprenticeship really Um, it was a cheaper way of going through university it meant I could be working while earning um, and applying actually importantly applying the learning that you're doing to to a job you know and uh, so it worked you know at that stage I didn't have any other commitments in terms of children or, or whatever else so um it actually worked really well I did the degree I think in four years only took a year longer than it would have done had I been at at university but don't actually remember it being too restrictive um yeah just kind of evenings weekends you know holidays that kind of thing Uh, I tended to do chunks of work and then and then stop and chunks of work so almost day re- you know kind of block release rather than day release uh, in in terms of how i manage my time but the open University was quite flexible it, it, it could work around your own work patterns really And how
0: did you feel when you graduated
1: yeah i was really proud because i think you know i, I was always felt like oh I, I hadn't followed that same path that kind of colleagues at school had and um so wondered whether i'd sort of let, let myself down i suppose but um yeah the fact that i'd done it and um, uh, you know kind of i i think i, I remember being one point away from a first class degree and I still to this day am so annoyed at myself for it um but um but yeah I two one whilst sort of juggling everything else and and sort of keeping down a full-time job and everything I remember I was actually skiing Uh, I I, I did a ski season after that shortly after that and I got my results while I was uh uh, in the middle of my ski season so although being slightly annoyed it it very quickly passed (laughs) and I just got on with uh with, with the uh, the skiing, I always
0: say to people a two one is 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 the best outcome because it shows you know how to enjoy yourself, but you're quite clever as well. That's
1: true. That's true.
0: So then you did then um go to Switzerland and, and be a ski resort manager for a season.
1: Yeah. So this was my oh my goodness, I haven't had that drop out of uh, of life moment. Uh, this is my midlife crisis. Perhaps I think I was probably only about twenty three at this time, <laughs> but um, I think I realised. I think that was the only thing I felt I'd missed out on from going straight from school into a job is that that kind of opportunity to find yourself a bit. So, um, yeah, I took some time out and got a job at a ski resort, had a fantastic five months and um, did a bit of travelling afterwards um, and then decided actually... Do you know what I wish I had gone to university I had done that full term um kind of student experience I think uh I was now ready for it at a point that I wasn't when I was 18 so um yeah kind of uh, then reapplied to uni at, at a PhD level uh rather than undergraduate level and uh and started my university uh, piece uh slightly later in my life
0: yeah yeah so I'm just thinking of you you know out on that that bit of time out you know trying to find yourself so to speak and um did you learn something about you as you put yourself sort of through that experience that you hadn't known before?
1: Yeah, I think I think I re I I think I realised that I was on a bit of a kind of corporate rat race channel. You know, I could see actually I could quite happily have stayed within Unilever. I was doing quite well. I could have progressed up the channels and. and and just become corporate very easily and yet there was something in me I'm I'm not a naturally corporate person um and and I I think I was just I had that sort of slight panic that oh gosh this is this is my destiny destiny now for the rest of my life so I think taking that time out actually reinforced that, that 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 wasn't necessarily the right the path I wanted to be on it probably didn't naturally fit with me um I think it was important that I you know I I, I do think it is important to take that that step out uh, and give yourself some space to think about things sometimes and and again that that that, probably that diversity piece comes back again I'd kind of only known a very limited selection of people and the path I was on was probably narrowing down the exposure to, to people from different backgrounds and so yeah, being able to take that time out, kind of come across different people, you know, who are very different parts of life, made very different choices, just, I guess, opened up the fact that there were choices to be made. You didn't have to just follow it, follow a journey.
0: Yes, it, it enriches your life, doesn't it? You know, meeting people with, as you said, different perspectives, different choices, different backgrounds which is the diversity thing really isn't it it
1: really is and and i i was on a training course recently it was a a diversity awareness piece and they, they were talking i don't know if you've heard this exercise called the trusted 10 exercise where you you write down your kind of the people you most trust in life the top 10 people of and then you just write them down without any judgment and then Then you're introduced to a range of criteria along the top of the piece of paper, and it's sort of gender, it's it's education, it's sexuality, it's disability, it's it's, uh, you know um, religion, and you realise you know if you're not careful, just how similar your trusted network are and you're all you're getting back is played back to you is the same views as your own and 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 no one's challenging or questioning things and and I think yeah you know actually it really resonated that um you know if if, if you're not careful you, you just narrow down that sphere of influence and I think what you know I think it's something I've been quite conscious to do is to just constantly open that up challenge I remember doing some work with um work experience students that um when i was at wilver later on in, in my career and and it was very easy to to go to the best schools and choose the most able students and yeah probably a bit easier as a you know to manage them and, and everything but but you then think about those kids that you know aren't getting that opportunity and and you know actually when you did give them a little bit of a chance you know absolutely put themselves out for you or probably got a lot more out of the experience than those that that were handed to them on a plate and and I think that's been something that's probably stuck with me you know I've did quite a lot of work in in in, in diversity now and 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 that piece about giving people chances irrespective of background is, is really important.
0: So then you did end up um back in uh, well at bangi university doing this phd so so what was the subject first of all and then tell us what happened
1: it was um it was psychology so cognitive uh, learning so it was um about how we learn things um automatically without even knowing that we're learning them um, so it was uh, you know it was a fascinating actually you know that that you, you you'll you can learn patterns and sequences and if you're asked to 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 identify or be explicit about what they are, you don't, you, you can't, you can't state what they are. But actually, if you're in an unconscious situation where you're just responding to things, there's some knowledge that that speeds you up that you're not even aware that you've got. And it was it was it was fascinating. It was great. I enjoyed the time being away. And you know, it was what brought me to to this this part of the country. But very quickly, I I guess it was I just felt quite selfish. I was dedicating so much time to such a tiny little area of, in, of of academic interest that I wasn't sure was actually gonna help anyone or anything along the way it was more about getting the PhD for me and yeah I, I kind of I I sort of I suppose I, I lost the the yeah the love of it uh, part way through and I kind of got two or three two, two years in and uh, and then um, looked for a way out and my way out was meeting uh, uh, my now husband and uh, and uh, and having my, my first child so that, that got me off that bang wagon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> But that, I mean that's really important to recognize those moments it's really difficult those are difficult decisions aren't they?
1: And Yeah it really is and I'm not I, you know I, I, I'm quite competitive I don't like failing in things generally and it felt at the time like you know you're 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 failing and you know it's something I, I have to stop myself with with the children have to give up their, I don't know, music lessons or something. You know, sometimes they say, oh, you can't, you can't give in. That's giving in is bad. But actually they've just worked out that 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 particular thing isn't isn't for them. And then they'll go and find something else instead. And yeah, I think in in hindsight looking back, that that was what I did. I just sort of realized that 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 world wasn't wasn't for me, that it wasn't a direction of travel I wanted to go in. I needed something. You know, else uh, other than academia, um, uh, and 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 yeah, stepped away yeah, from it at that stage.
0: Stepped away from it. So then you went down to Cheltenham and you joined uh, Nelson Thorns, um, uh, doing early video conferencing, and you were educating other people.
1: Yeah, in fact, I didn't need to. I guess that was a in a pre-COVID world, the first the first example of home working. So I would be sitting in my office teaching people actually all over the world so there's a lot of schools in the uk but also had one in in dubai um, so teaching psychology into normal school classrooms um, at a level normally although we did extend it into gcse um, uh, yeah in the days when actually there wasn't such a thing as broadband and new you, connections were poor and try, trying to control a classroom while you were uh, uh, you know on a dodgy uh, uh, landline was, was problematic but it, it was it was fascinating actually I think by the time that the students made the decision that they wanted to do A-levels they were mature enough to want to interact and I think they actually quite appreciated it was sort of early distance learning so they had an hour a week with the teacher and then they had to get on and do stuff um on their own then between one lesson and the next and uh yeah um I I did I did really enjoy it I I, throughout that time I had my first two children but it meant I could continue to work whilst being at home and uh but I do remember I was talking to one of the students one day and um you know I was working from home and living at home and uh she just sort of said oh when did you last go out and I I thought, oh my goodness! I think it was about five or six days ago. Not, not I left the house for five or six days. And that, that's when I started to realise that I might be becoming a little bit um, inwardly focused and uh, introverted. So, uh, kind of prompted me to get a, a more traditional job again at that stage. But, um, but yeah, it suited those early. You know, when you're trying to juggle child rearing with uh, with carrying on with uh, with a job, um, it, it was a, a good balance for for a couple of years.
0: And it also strikes me that, you know, one of the reasons you said the PhD just wasn't for you was you felt selfish. And now you're in a role which actually is less about you and more about other people. And it sounds like that sort of struck a chord with you and felt better for you, would you say?
1: Definitely. Yeah, Hmm. I think, you know, and that's probably every. I think every job since then has been about that kind of developing people and bringing uh, people out in different environments what one, one way or another with skills or or, or training focus so yeah at that stage it was education um but then moved on to sort of uh, for, for training in, in business and that kind of stuff and yeah probably since then it's been more about you know hopefully that's where I get more my energy from is is a kind of other people coming on and moving on rather than, than myself probably it,
0: it is amazingly rewarding isn't it when you you've had an input into somebody's life like that and then you see the fruit of that I suppose later in their lives
1: it really is it really is and where you do have that luxury of, of following people through you know um, and seeing them again sometimes later it's uh, it's great it's great it's nothing more fulfilling I've got an apprentice at the moment working with us and uh it's just great to see them moving on and gaining more confidence and, and letting you can let go of them it's a it's a lovely feeling the same as parenting I guess
0: so so you were saying there that you know your subsequent roles you know sort of developed that theme so you, you then went to Magnox in in um, Anglesey Wilver, in learning and development um, you were then seconded into the NDA as the head of skills and talent and now you're at the nuclear strategy skills group is the head of the nuclear skills so this is a real theme for you in terms of developing other people and finding the best way to build you know a diverse workforce and I want to talk to you about that but before I do the other theme that we've sort of touched on a bit and it carries on through your career is your own training and development so you know you've done a postgraduate certificate in education training at Greenwich University you've done a postgraduate certificate in leadership and then QA training and more uh, sort of MBA with the Open University and so on so it sounds like you you've got your own career that you're giving out into but it's been important for you to develop yourself and progress your own learning and development as as well.
1: Yeah uh, really important I think that that's the other uh, probably kind of key piece of, uh, of 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 kind of what makes me happy in a job is is that you're still learning and that might be formally through courses or informally just through learning through through others but that idea of of just staying staying static in, in terms of your knowledge or experience that doesn't appeal I I do like you know kind of yeah continuing to find out new things and then apply them back into the workplace it's made me realize I've not 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 done studying for a few years now I'm starting to get itchy feet again now about about what's next but um but yeah I mean actually I think what I've done more recently is is learn on the job kind of learn from people and, and push yourself into kind of out, out of your comfort zone through through work and perhaps have less needed that kind of uh, academic input but um but yeah that that personal development personal progression and feel like you're pushing yourself constantly is is probably a, a core part of, uh, of 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 where i look for um yeah. uh, kind of in work
0: and, and do you find it easy to step outside your comfort zone
1: you know what i was thinking about this the other day much more so now i never i used to be a planner everything needed to be in place before i would do anything before you take that step i'd need to make sure that it was right And um, and actually i now and i don't know whether it's just having had to do it a few times and then you learn that it's not so bad but um i i can now you know if i if there's something that looks horrendously scary i'm much more prepared just to kind of go with it, the kind of knowing that things will slot in place, you, you get that maybe it is age, you know, kind of or experience. You kind of you get that confidence, and it will come good. You know, you don't need to have all of the jigsaw pieces in place. You know, they'll you'll find that piece of jigsaw down the back of your sofa later on, and it'll slot in, and, and you'll get there in the end. And I think that that willingness. Um, it definitely has, has has changed with age I think I've, I've I'm much more happy now to, to to do that than I might have been when I was younger actually
0: it's really interesting there's there's I was reading a book the other day and it was all about the, the stages of your development as an adult and how your mind develops and, and is able to cope with greater complexity as you as you get older and as you gain experience but the last bit it talked about was saying you know how you uh, you develop a stage where you're comfortable that you don't know everything And you're therefore comfortable to go out and find out and admit your weaknesses and admit your lack of knowledge, probably just because you're more comfortable in your own skin. And you realize that actually we all feel the same. And why not go out of your comfort zone and ask for help, you know, in those areas that you're not good at or you don't know about
1: it's that that is so true that is so true that i think there's a stage where you want to hide those gaps of knowledge whereas now i've done i think people know me too well now (laughs) to. and perhaps you've got confidence in the fact that you have you know you've done okay in certain things so you're not trying to prove yourself in the same way but i definitely um yeah i i Mm. i I, I can i can see that in in myself definitely
0: yeah yeah it's quite releasing actually it is um so let's just talk about the nssg for a minute so building this you know the the nuclear workforce for the future and a diverse nuclear workforce Mm. for the future what what do you see as the really important sort of steps that that companies can take or how can we engage in in this agenda do you think
1: yeah i mean for me it's about just thinking differently about how we recruit You, you know i think it's very easy to recruit in your own likeness you know and go to the easy channels to recruit from um so i think you know just extending those boundaries thinking through you know again how how can we get into those harder to reach schools that haven't you know kind of you know perhaps got the same opportunities that others do how do we get into universities where they haven't got you Power station in their locality. Yeah, I think I was recently just talking to some people around their career journeys on on a I think on a, one of our skills festivals, and it, I think pretty much everyone had said they'd stumbled or accidentally come into nuclear rather than making it as a choice. And we were talking about that a little bit, and I think you know probably historically nuclear has kept itself to itself and perhaps kind of hidden what we do rather than being loud and proud about it. Um. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping that kind of in the, in the sort of in a net zero world with an, uh, an opportunity for for nuclear to reposition itself in a kind of a, a, a more low carbon sort of way, that we can be more proud of what we do, um, which will then put it on people's agendas, uh, you know, at least give people the knowledge by with which they can make decisions about whether it's a a, a sector they want to move into or not, rather than just accidentally landing in it um so i think that's the, you know if, if we can just kind of get it out there more and, and and encourage people from different backgrounds to know about us so that we're not having to rely on um our own networks to recruit from and um, that that will help us i think i think there is a, a need to get that creativity that i think comes in from people with different backgrounds and and, and with different ways of thinking and who may have had more challenges or barriers to overcome to to get places i i I definitely think there's some benefits um in 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 widening our our, our uh talent pool really that's really good that's
0: really good and something we can all be involved in and be thinking about and, and and engaging in one way or another um so i'm just thinking about this this journey we've just talked about and and wondering if there's a sort of key moment for you that you think that's the moment that I sort of course corrected and got on the right path for me because you did try a lot of things and yeah. I think you were brave to step out of things that weren't right but is there a moment where you thought that had the biggest impact on on where I am now
1: yeah I think you know I guess one thing I would say is that I you know I'm I'm still not sure what I want to be <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. you know so, so I, I think what I've you know I, I was always really really um I guess jealous of, of of people who had a profession that knew what they wanted to do and they trained for it and then went and did it whereas I've always just kind of uh, yeah I mean there's, there's some some common themes along it around as you said learning and development helping others you know uh that kind of stuff but um but for for me I think that recollection that or, or realisation that you you don't have to have that profession that you can still do a good job and be respected even though you're you know you haven't got a a, a specific profession and I think actually it was it was joining the nuclear sector that 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 was enabled for me so I came in and you know, yes, it was an, an, a learning and development role, but I, you know, I think I was seconded from that into a sort of change management role for Magnox, so it's a different area, it's still people related, but all of a sudden, I was just using me my my strengths rather than necessarily any academic or theoretical understanding it was just relying on on things that I do well and could could bring to the party and all of a sudden I thought actually you know I don't have to have a profession I can just be an all-round kind of person that that you know can adapt themselves or apply themselves to whatever task gets presented to them and all of a sudden you're then working on different projects which yeah still have a people focus because that's where my passion is but my skills are just being used in 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 many different ways and 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 I think it's just yeah I think I realized that you you could have a career that wasn't based on a profession and and uh and and that was quite enlightening to me that that there were people and I think the nuclear sector is very good at this at recognizing you know people's strengths and 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 playing to them and allowing them to try out things and um you know I've been on uh, I think on secondment for the last six years about six years and it's just been brilliant for me I've been able to hopefully give back to the the organizations that I'm working for but at the same time try lots of different things out and just use you know my my skills in different areas and I think that variety is really important for me I I think I get bored quite quickly as probably my CV suggests
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it's also using your skills and your passions and you're also being authentic as you said yeah. about that leader you know you're, you're that manager who you really respected being themselves and you know bringing themselves to work and, and where they led that's what you're doing
1: uh, definitely and, and I, I yeah I, I think again maybe it's confidence with age but you know I, I'm, I'm getting to the stage where uh, you know if 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 what I am is is good for you that's great if not I'll go and find something else because I'm (laughs) you know obviously I would want to still want to develop and 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 learn but I I don't necessarily want to change fundamentally anymore I don't want to pretend to be something I'm I'm not so I'll work out where I fit rather than the other way around
0: that's great and so if you could give your younger self one piece of advice what do you think it would be?
1: It's something. It's probably something like it's okay not to have a plan. That you know, just going with the flow is all right. um That you don't necessarily have to have a predetermined journey. That that you know, yeah, you'll be able to follow forks along the way, and 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 you know, actually, probably will have more fun and learn more and grow more as as a result than just following a, a, a single path or single direction. You know, it's going to be interesting, I think, people's careers going forward. I think we'll probably have more of those forks, more of those, um, you know, things that move so quickly, kind of technology is moving so quickly. I think that it's about being adaptable and being willing to yeah apply your your skills to different environments it's going to be key so I think that that yeah be adaptable go with the flow don't have a plan don't don't panic <laughs> if it's not <laughs> all in place before you start um that that would probably be it uh,
0: it's really interesting just reminding me of a journey it's a bit like taking the scenic route and then if you see a pathway go down there you don't know what's what's there and well, what an funny. enriching experience
1: my parents it sounds like a stranger hobby but they used to take me out um in the car when I was little because rattling on at home about something and they'd give me a map and they'd just say you you you'd you be the navigator you you know we'll go wherever you want to go on on this journey sort of thing and I'd just be looking at that thinking oh yeah take that left turn and take that right turn and see let's see what happens and I think there's something in that actually that, that's a bit of a metaphor for for people's careers you know just go with it and see you can always turn around and come back again <laughs> you know if it doesn't work for you it's uh, there's very few dead ends that uh, that don't lead you anywhere
0: um, absolutely and it's and it's all it all adds to who you are as you said your experience and the enjoyment of the of the pathway you're on so that's that's a great metaphor I love that I think I might nick that one. (laughs) Becky, it's just been a delight to chat to you. Thanks so much for your time.
1: No, thank you. I've really enjoyed it.
0: If you've enjoyed this podcast, to help others enjoy it too, please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to rate and review. Thank you.